listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 7. If you don't have your Bible, as always, uh, the scripture is printed in the order of worship, so uh, for your convenience. Uh, today we're in the middle of a passage, and as y'all know, we've been building up through John, and we're really at the Last Supper, where Jesus is giving what they call his farewell speech. It's a long talk that he's given his disciples uh, right before his death and his resurrection and leaving earth. So what will he say to his closest friends? I mean, there's been a lot of drama that we've looked at in the last few weeks so far. Judas has left the group. Peter got all upset last week because Jesus, uh, he was talking about dying. And then Peter said, you know, I'm going to lay down my life for you, Jesus. And Jesus put him in his place and said, you know, you're not going to do it at all. Matter of fact, when I'm being executed, you're going to deny me three times. So here Jesus is at the end with his most faithful followers. And everything seems to just be falling apart. Everyone is getting more and more upset here. So what will Jesus do? What will he say in his farewell address that would give them some sort of comfort? So uh, let's look at our um, reading for today. John 14, 1-7. Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, uh, give us insight to what this passage means, the wisdom that Jesus is giving us. Help us to apply it to our hearts. Give us soft hearts today. Give us eyes to see what you would have us to see from your scripture and from the life of Jesus. And help us most of all to know what it means to grow in a relationship with him. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Recently, uh, as many of you know, I cracked a couple of ribs. Uh, if you haven't heard by now, there you go. Uh, and then later I found out that those ribs have been displaced. And you all know, right? exactly what they do when you got a fracture like that. You all know what they do, right? Nothing. You, don't, you can't put a stent on it. You can't cast the broken rib. You, you just ride it out. You rest and you try to recover and the pain, they say, diminishes over time. And then you heal. Kind of like a broken heart. Because a broken heart is the worst kind of trouble. You can't stitch it up. You can't die. You can't exercise to heal a broken heart. 
Again, only time and a few words of comfort can heal a broken heart. But this is the condition that the disciples have found themselves in as followers of Jesus at this point. Their faithful leader, the Messiah, the Savior, their teacher, their rabbi, their closest friend, just broke the news to them that not only is he going to leave them, but he's about to die. Have you ever gotten news that your best friend has died or is about to die? I have. And it's almost too much to bear. So what is Jesus about to say to his closest friends after he gives them this heartbreaker talk? What will he tell them? What can we learn from these words today that would apply to our lives? Well, let's look at uh, three points today. Those three points are in the sermon outline in the bulletin. We're going to talk about a promise for troubled hearts. We're going to talk about an answer for doubting minds. And then we're going to talk about the conclusion for us today. So let's look at the, the verse here, uh, a promise for troubled hearts. Look at um, verses 1 through 4. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Now, as we said before, so much drama has been stirred up here, and now the disciples are even more upset and troubled, but Jesus is about to bring some stability to the whole situation. But how is he going to do it? Probably not the way that you think. First of all, he offers a, a couple of simple phrases. Jesus states clearly, if you believe in God, believe in me. We are one and the same. In fact, Jesus is the best explanation for God the Father ever. From now on, he, can, he says to them, you can say that you know God and you have seen him because you know me and have seen me. Jesus is the most perfect reflection of God. Is he God? Yes. Is he man? Yes. But he's also a reflection of the Father, how the Father thinks, how the Father acts, the heart of the Father. So if you right now in your mind in some way have this idea of Jesus as uh, this loving, humble, empathetic person. And then you have this idea of God, the Father over here, as judgmental and about justice and wrath and, and just cold. You have completely missed the person of God and the mission of Jesus. They are one and the same. And Jesus says this, I'm leaving you, but don't be upset. Don't let this rattle you. Trust me. Is the theme. That's going to be the theme through the whole process here. I don't know about you, but more times than not in life, and trying to think what is God doing in my life doesn't make sense. More times than not, it doesn't work out the way I want it to or the way I think it should, or it seems that times in my life is out of control, or maybe even here like the disciples felt, you feel that Jesus has even abandoned you in those moments. But in those moments, more than any other time, we have to cling to the fact that, number one, God is in control. That Jesus is at work in your life, and his call to you and me, the same as the disciples, is to trust. Even when you can't see it, trust. Even when it doesn't work out the way you think it's going to work out, trust. To trust in Jesus, 
that he is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. So what is it that Jesus is calling them to trust in and what is he telling the disciples that he's going to do? Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'm going to my father's house. And my father's house has a lot of room. And you will all have a place there. And everything I have and that I am and will do prepares those rooms for you now and in the future. I'm leaving to go there and prepare those rooms. Not only that, I will personally come back, take you to myself, and usher you there in your personal room. By the way, maybe you've heard this passage growing up and it says, in my father's house of many mansions. I don't know if y'all heard that, that verse before. Uh, that is not a great translation of what he's saying here in some ways because, I mean, think about it. What sense does it make that there's mansions inside of a house? But the other side to it is, it does make sense because the word used here, rooms, is it's large. They're spacious. It's generous room. It's plenteous room. And we're not just talking about physical space here. It's not the, not, not the main point here. Look what else he says. He says, my father's house is full of rooms. Let me explain it this way. Recently we opened our house to a family with kids. And they weren't biological family. They were just good friends of ours. We gave them free reign of the house, to beds, in the living room, to kids shows on the TV. I've never seen Bluey before or whatever that is, but I know what it is now. It's a little weird to me. Uh, but our food, our refrigerator, free reign. And they left and they told us, thank you, because it just made us feel like family. Now, I'm not saying to brag, but I want you to hear, see the results here. Why? Because it wasn't just an Airbnb. We shared rooms and a home with them. Room in your home like this bestows value upon a person. It says, you're one of us. You're more than just friends. You're family. Room shows your value and dignity and love. And this is what Jesus is talking about to his disciples. The Father values them so much. He's going not to leave them, to abandon them, but just the opposite. To prepare this space for them where they're going to be brought in as family. Again, this is the heart of the Father. That is what the Father showed Jesus' followers. Uh, and this is promised to you and I. Stability for room for us, for troubled hearts. A safe place for us. A place of value that only a family can enjoy in this intimate way. And Jesus said, I will take you close to me, and we will be together forever. Temporarily, I'm leaving, but not forever. And Jesus said, don't be anxious. Don't get confused. Uh, you know how to get there. Now, at this point, when Jesus is talking about the Father's house and the rooms and how to get there and stuff like that, if you're confused, welcome to the club. I am too. The disciples are confused as well. But let's look at point two, answer for doubting minds, because Thomas, I love his response here. He says, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Basically saying, because you've seen me. Now, we know Thomas, notoriously, 
known among the disciples as the doubter. But to me personally, Thomas is one of my heroes. I call him the honest disciple. I love that he's asking questions that we're all thinking and all the other disciples are afraid to ask. But look what he says. He says, no, 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 Jesus. You think we understand? You're acting like we understand? Peter does it. John does it. I don't. We don't get it. You've been speaking in metaphors and analogies and giving hints, and now you're talking about their leaving to your father's house and the road to get there. No, you don't understand. We don't get it, Jesus. All this talk about life and death and heaven and God and his house and the road and a way to get there to all this stuff. We don't get it. And now you're saying you're leaving and saying that we know how to get there. Jesus, no. We don't. So much confusion. But Jesus' answer is simple. Jesus' answer is, to all this stuff you're asking, Thomas, I am. That's an answer. I am the answer. You want to know the way? It's me. You want to know the truth? It's me. You want to know how to live life now and forever? Look to me. Jesus' answer is that he is the answer. But what does that mean? Well, let's try to sum this all up in a final point. What is the conclusion for us today? See, that Jesus, when he's talking to the disciples and he's giving them this answer about who he is, it's not some philosophical trick. He's not saying, I am, you know, the way, the truth, and the life, and they're looking up and they're like, oh yeah, philosophical, that makes sense. That's not it at all. It's a very personal, very real answer he gives. He's telling the disciples that they're not, they don't have to have complete knowledge of all the things that are going to transpire from here on out with Jesus' death and the resurrection and him ascending to the Father and saving the right hand of God the Father uh, and being in heaven or, or what heaven's like or his father's house or in rooms, he's saying, or, or how he's going to be arrested and executed and resurrected. No, Jesus' point is that they know the way to where Jesus is going and all of this makes sense enough just because they know him. They have all the answers that they need at this time because they have a relationship with him. And they need to trust that. Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. Yes, that's part of what he's saying. But he's saying more than that. The only way to have a friendship and a relationship with God the Father is through Jesus. So while the disciples fully don't know what was about to happen, he's saying you don't have to worry about it. Because knowing and belonging to Jesus, they will be taken to the Father as well. And they will, they will have the same path that he has to the Father. When Jesus said he was the way and the truth and the life, he's not just telling people that they ought to believe in him to be saved. He is saying he is the fulfillment of everything that they've ever heard about God. And everything that they need to know about Christianity. And every thing that they long for in life. So up until this point and even today, here's a synopsis of what the Bible and the book of John is trying to tell us. Jesus, God the whole time to his people promised to show the way. Jesus shows up, he is the way. God promises all to his people, if you'll look to me, I will give you truth. Jesus is that truth. Jesus has shown us the way to live. Jesus is that life. God invites us to walk in his life, in his way. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's what he's talking about here.
This is why Chelsea Press, we say that over and over again, it's the difference between religion versus relationship. I can't say this enough. Christianity is not a set of principles to live by, but a person to fall in love with. This is why Jesus pointed all these things to him personally. I'm not asking you today what you think about religion or the church or our church, but what do you think about Jesus and all his glory? Do you believe what he says and do you trust him? If you don't, all this other stuff that we do is smoke and mirrors. Let me end with this. You know the story. Jesus came to earth as a little baby. And uh, when Mary was pregnant with him, about to give birth, there was no room for him whatsoever. Here at the end of his life and his ministry, what's he doing? Offering rooms. Offering rooms. As many as he could. So here's two questions, and we'll end with this. How are the way, the truth, and the life related to your life? What path are you currently taking? What is your way? What truth do you follow? And how are you defining life at this point? And, and are you truly living? How do these three ideas of Jesus saying the way, the truth, and the life connect to your experience of following Jesus? If these questions are not related, hear mind, you're probably asking the wrong questions out of life and about Jesus, and you're probably on the wrong path and probably following the wrong dreams and probably losing hope, maybe driven by anxiety, stress, shame, fear. Jesus came to release you from all of that. This is why he came. To, to be the way, the truth, and the life to faith and hope and love and freedom. Will you receive that and rest in that today? Just receive it and rest in that. That's all Jesus is asking. He's not asking you to try harder. Will you welcome Jesus and his words into your life so you can escape that bondage that we all are tired of and experience a way of life that leads to a thriving as a human being? Think about those things. Think about that. Think about Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. Think about that as we sing the next song and enter the time of communion this morning. Let's pray. Father God, we don't know everything about you. This is why you're God. But you don't leave us in the dark. We have everything that we need to know about your plan and your will just because of who you are in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, help us uh, to put him in the center of our lives, Lord. Uh, may he be the anchor that keeps us from careening out of control. May he be the, the, the mask that we grab onto when, 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 when things uh, tend to be chaotic, that we don't know where else to go. And may we see the Father as a loving Father who at his house opens his arms, provides love and room for us and value and dignity in a way that we can never imagine, not just in the future, but now. Help us to see that through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.